Welcome to another episode of Heroes and, a podcast where we talk about heroes and movies, comic books, trailers, TV shows. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. My name is Andy. And I'm Cody. And today on Heroes and, we are talking heroes and sequels. Last week, we did origin stories, talked about what makes an origin story. And so we thought the next logical step is part two, is what makes a good sequel or trilogy, you know, going from there. So when we say sequels, we're not talking just a part two. Mm-hmm. We're talking part three, part four. If we're going to make it up to part eight, like in Harry Potter, then that's what we'll do too. So more, more power to you. So it's not just, again, it's not just part two, but just any continuation of the story when it comes to a, a franchise or maybe, you know, a book or a character. So we're just talking, we're just going to be talking about the continuation. So let's just jump right into it, man. Cody, what, uh, I think there's a general formula to a sequel. And I think there's some pretty important elements that you should hit on when you, when you're doing a sequel or right. a third part or so. Um, so, in your opinion, what do you what what's something that you, it's a must have? Something that it must be included in the in that story in that continuation. Well, I think with sequels or with part two, what you yeah. know, whatever it yeah, is, yeah, yeah. just just like when you see a family member or, for, or a friend for the first time in a long time, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna ask the obvious question of what's up. Yeah. Where where have you been since you know what have you been up to since the last time I saw you and I think that would be that that would be the same case with so and I think with with movies there's a couple ways that they do that you can either see that time has passed you know whether it's been a couple days or months or years however long it's been since the last time we saw the characters mm-hmm. or there, we can just be jumping right back into the story in particular for the time passing I think of Thor one and Thor two. And granted, we see Thor in the Avengers. Yeah, in the, between those. Yeah, the story continues a little bit, just a little bit with the character of Thor, but his story, his character development. There's not a lot of you know of that additional that happens that happens in Avengers. Yeah. But, so at the end of Thor one, we see that Loki is cast into who knows where. Yeah. And we see that the Rainbow Bridge is destroyed. So mm-hmm. now Asgardians have no way of getting from Asgard out into the other realms. Yeah. And then we pick up in Thor 2 where Thor is coming off of a kind of a war effort to restore order to the nine realms and mm-hmm. they're celebrating the rainbow bridge has been re- has been rebuilt and restored. Yeah. And we just see, you know, we see him still struggling with his desire to be on earth. Yeah. And his love for, you know, for Jane Foster and things like that. Yeah. Then we also see though with the example of jumping right back in, I think of Harry Potter 7 part 2 where you see in that in that movie Harry Potter 7 part 2 opens with the same scene like their characters are literally it's maybe been moments since the last time we saw them yeah and i think i think to your point too another example of that would be uh back to the future 2 i think right uh, back to the future 1 ends in a way kind of leads naturally into a sequel but where they pick up from, and, and I think back to, I think you could say that with all the back to going each each Back to the Future ending kind of hands it right off to the next one, yeah, and the other one, you yeah, know, they were really right they were where really, they left yeah, off. They, they they went that approach with it, you know. So yeah, I think I think yeah, we have to kind of see there's there has to be some time passing in there to some degree, or you can just jump right back in like some movies have done it. I think for me, one thing that's huge, a, a huge element that has to be tackled in a sequel is there has to be some 
character growth. So kind of like what you were saying, naturally, you know, we're assuming some time has passed, you know, to right. some degree. So naturally, some growth has to happen. Uh, some off-screen growth, you know, has to happen. Uh, but also, you know, we can still see hints of, of there's some growing pains in that sequel. So they're never perfect. That character is never perfect. You know, there's always some kind right. of learning or... There's training always some or character some, flaws that they've been working on. Yeah, things they, like that. That they have to correct or, you know, whatever, or, you know, they have to handle that. So, yeah, they're always, they're still always growing. So, so that's a huge thing. So, I think, I think for me, like, I think about, and I don't, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this movie, but Toy Story 3. Oh my gosh, Andy. I know, I know, dude. I, I've, uh, that, I'm going to need a minute. Yeah, <laughs> for real. <laughs> you, you and me both, we're going to be crying here. Um, no, but with Toy Story 3, you know, again, that the character growth and the growing pains topic, we see that, you know, Andy is going to college. Yeah, we jump with going from Toy Story 2 to Toy Story 3. There's at least a 10 year jump. There, yeah, there's like, a lot of years in there's, there. There's a lot that's happened in the life of Andy. Yeah. And there's a lot that's happened in the life of these toys yeah. since the last time we saw them. Yeah. And then so, yeah, I think naturally you have to uh, adjust that these characters are developing that even though it's been a couple of years that we've seen them last, you know, from the first movie. Their or, life or has the, gone on. Yeah. Or the previous movie. Yeah, exactly. Their life has continued. So naturally they are experiencing so something or they've gone through something. There's been some growth. Um, and again, like I said, they're never they, they have never arrived, you know, even with our superheroes. They're never to a point where they know exactly how to defeat the guy, yeah, yeah. defeat the villain. I you mean, know, the mastermind. Batman's whatever. arrived. Yeah, <laughs> except for Batman because he's Batman. No, <laughs> no, even with <laughs> even with even I'm just with kidding. Batman. Even with Batman, yeah, you and we'll say that. yeah, we'll, we'll talk get about into that. that. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But but there's always room for growth, and I think that's a huge element to to tackle in in a sequel. I think also you have when in a, in any sequel, and you know this kind of is just. In a story, you know, you have some type of villain or antagonist or threat. Yeah. And so in a sequel, though, it's important that the villain is or the threat, whatever it may be, is challenging our hero or heroes in a new in a new way, in a different way than what we've seen before. I think that it's important with that, that they it's not just a copycat mm -hmm. of the first, you know, of the villain the yeah. first time. And with an example of that, I think of in Iron Man 2, you know, we have Whiplash. Yeah, I loved that scene, the first scene where the first time we see him on the racetrack, and where he's just got you know he's just got the whips and he yeah. tears Tony, he really kind of beats Tony, you know, pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he humiliates him. Uh, but then at the end of the movie, you see him in a big metal suit with whips on it, and it seemed like it was just an ironmonger suit. Yeah, with whips instead of guns. Yeah, and it, I think yeah, I think that's a that's a huge flaw in, in a lot of sequels. I think. I think before the MCU, I mean, obviously Iron Man Two is part of the MCU, so nobody's uh, perfect. Nobody's perfect. MCU can't be perfect. <laughs> exactly, but still better than DC. <laughs> but I think for the most part, a lot of the superhero movies from um, the '80s or '90s or you know even early 2000s, that was their formula. It was okay. Well, let's just let's just hit them with another villain that's kind of similar to it, or you know whatever it may be. And so it's it's always frustrating. And I think another point too, Cody, is that it's not just a direct copy of the first villain, but also it's not just, you know, they just don't go for a bigger villain or even, or more villains. So that doesn't always solve the issue. So, for right. you know, for example, I think of Batman and Robin. There, there are a lot of 
it, there are a lot of issues with Batman and Robin. So <laughs> there's I mean, a shorter list of issues of the not issues. <laughs> yeah, there's a shorter <laughs> list of the good things or the pros. Um, but but one of the issues with with that movie is they just overload it with so many characters, and they just kind of force feed us to accept these characters that they're real and that they can be in our world. And so we're seeing Poison Ivy, we're we're seeing Bane and is in that movie. We see Mister Freeze. We see Robin, who was who made his appearance in the previous movie. The previous one, but yeah. then we also see Batgirl. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like they just force all these characters. All of these characters that should have had their own movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was before that formula was written up. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, but seriously, I, I, that's always that's not always the solution is bringing more characters and more and more villains and, and more explosions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sorry, Michael Bay. I th- <laughs> exactly <laughs> just you know blowing more things killing more terminator or more transformers is not the way to go i think also though with challenging the hero in a new way i, I think in particular particular of joker from you know the dark knight from yeah. the heath ledger heath ledger's joker he definitely brought a whole a whole new kind of attack to the table as you know compared to scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul, and even you know, from Joker to Bane is is a you know is a, yeah. a huge contrast. Yeah, you see the Joker like he he says he's what's the line he says? Uh, you think I would lose? I would chance Gotham's future to a fist fight with you? Yeah, like he's not, he just really wants to see the city burn. Like yeah. that's that's all his goal. And he knows like he can't match up with Batman in a fist fight. Right, and he knows he can't beat him physically, and so he his approach isn't going to be one of a physical approach. His approach is. His biggest thing is he's trying to push Batman to the edge of crossing that line. Right. Uh, hey, you have a you've had you have your code. I'm gonna try to make you break that code. Yeah. I'm going to try to make you cross that line. And what you say you won't do, I'm gonna try and make you do do right. that that thing. It, it you almost see I think very in Batman Begins the threat is very much Ra's al Ghul attacking Gotham. Yeah, and then in the Dark Knight you kind of have. Yes, Joker's attacking Gotham, but he's kind of just doing it all to mess with like his motives behind that, or to get at Batman. Yeah, exactly. And to you know, like you said, to break his break his spirits, break his core values. Yeah, and then the Joker was even smart too. That even if he even if his plan didn't work out with the boats, he kind of, which was crazy that he was so crafty. His his plan wasn't even that maybe as much as. He had a, an ace in, you know, in his pocket. He had I see a, you with the card joke. Exactly. He had, yeah. Clever, so clever he, had, <laughs> he had Harvey Dent. And so he knew what. Well, he believed in Harvey Dent. Exactly. He really did believe in Harvey Dent to go. Become the eat, villain. Yeah, become the villain. So even if the boats didn't work out, even if, you know, a boat didn't blow up, he knew that, okay, well, he has, he has Harvey Dent that he can always fall back on. So, yeah, I think it's huge to see that villain attack our hero. In a different way is, is, oh my gosh, night and day between a good sequel and a, and a bad sequel. I think, is there something else uh, with, with sequels, Cody? I think that it's huge. And I, I think you see that it benefits the, tr- the trilogy or, you know, just the storyline in mm-hmm. general. If it's the, if the same people are involved each time, if it's the same director, same writers and producers and cast, you know, just kind of in one vision moving forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think in particular, like Christopher Nolan and, you know, Christian Bale and those, you know, the the Bat or the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. 
because those movies, I think the reason they work so well, and I think that they they stand together so well, is because of how like how the you know the creative team like from the get go they were they were united they were doing this thing together. Christian Bale said he won't come back to Batman unless Chris Nolan comes back. Like yeah, same you know like they they know that the only way that they can do that is together. Yeah, and I think it's really cool. It, it gives it it credits their 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 synergy, and it really credits that the the trust that they have built between between the, the team and the trust that they have built in in other people in those relationships. So again, like what you said, you know, Christian Bale is like, hey, I'm not in unless no one's in because right. I don't I don't know if I if the director that you bring in is he if he's going to have the same vision or the same passion or the same you know drive that Christopher Nolan has. You right. Know? And so so yeah, it's I think it's a huge thing. And unfortunately, we see we see again we see one. When key characters are replaced by or another recast, yeah, a recast, or you know, we have a different director, it just kind of ugh, it the ball gets dropped. And so, for example, I think of X Men Three. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there is you know um, Brian Singer wasn't he was director for the first one and for the second one he didn't come on board for the third one. I think because he was making Superman Returns, but so the third one had a different director it, right and the cast for the most part was still the same but the there again that director was different and i think that's part of the reason why that that third x-men movie kind of flopped a little bit i think it made a lot of money still yeah. i i think with that one you we we know that the cast works together as a characters yeah and I'm, I'm not trying to you know talk negatively about that director yeah i think it's just with that you know being the nature being the nature of being the director Everything rises and falls on you, exactly. And so having that switch, you know, maybe it's just the the cast not having the same kind of relationship as they did with Brian Singer, whatever it may may have been that happened off screen. You yeah, know, we can't really know, but I think it. I think that's huge. And what's funny about that, particularly with talking about the X Men movies. That's why it was such a huge deal when he was back. When Brian Singer was back for, <laughs> for first class, or, or not, uh, not for first class, for uh, Days of Future, uh, or Days uh, of Future Past. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so that's why it was a huge deal because oh, here he's back. We are in good hands. You know, the guy who who started this whole thing, the guy who did the first one, which was great. The guy who did the second one, which was amazing. He's back on the on this franchise. The cast is back. So yeah, there were so many good things lining up to make that movie great. And you guys who have seen it, you guys know how amazing that movie um, came out to be. And so yeah, that it's really important to have the same director, writers, or, or cast, whatever it may be. Also, I think for me, Cody, another huge part that needs to needs to be part of that formula for a sequel is there has to be some kind of a, a sense of loss. I think I think. Well, let me clarify. If it's a if it's a part of a trilogy, or a, a four part movie or a five part movie, you know what I'm saying? I, right. I think there has to be some form of loss, or even dare I say, evil winning to some degree. Yeah, I think there has to be some some kind of loss. And so, obviously, man, there's so many examples of this, but that really, because you can have just in general story arc that you have the rise of the character in that first movie. You the see fall, where they end, yeah. You know, the first movie, they're triumphant. Exactly. That second movie, there's that fall, and then man, if if it's a trilogy again, if it's a trilogy, you can have them rise again and overcome that in the third movie, and, and so it really, just as in general, the story arc, it, it works perfectly. So, for me, I think when I think of that, I think of Star Wars. You know, Empire Strikes Back. 
our our heroes they're defeated. Han Solo is is frozen. Frozen Luke, in yeah yeah Luke he lost his arm he he defeat he faced Darth Vader and he, failed and failed yeah he failed he lost his arm he finds out that's his dad like okay holy cow you Hashtag know dad issues yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly you know and so they're they're kind of left just licking their wounds and then the third one picks up you know and so yeah that's that's a huge uh, there's so many other there's so many other examples yeah. of that too i think i think star wars is a great example of of that and i think the one in particular i think of which you know if you've if you've been listening you probably i've probably mentioned it before on heroes and but i think of back to the future I'm a big fan of that that trilogy as a whole, uh, and I think with part two of Back to the Future, spoiler alert for Back to the Future two, <laughs> it came out in the eighties, so yeah. I don't feel like I need to say that. But so at the end of Back to the Future two, we see that Marty is stuck in 1955 with no no it seems like no means of getting back to 1985. Mm-hmm. The both the car from the past from the first time he was in. 1955 that car is now gone back to the future and the one that he came back to 1955 again in is disappears with doc all that he's left with is the you know the string of of flags yeah and it just you know it just disappears in that in the sky so doc's missing at the end of that movie marty's stuck in 1955 and Mm -hmm. the only choice he has is to go back to 1955 doc and help him to get back to the future again yeah and so we see, like you said, at the end of that movie, while there's no sense of evil winning because there's not, you know, a villain, yeah. Biff doesn't win in, in Back to the Future. But you definitely see the sense of Marty not knowing, not really seemingly have no, no options left. Yeah, he's kind of stranded there. I, I think another, episode, another a good example of, of, you know, the sequel, There's a Sense of Loss, is I think of The Dark Knight. And we've kind of already talked about this movie, but... We see, even though he has defeated the Joker, and even though Batman has defeated Two Face, that you know, as yeah. we know him, essentially he puts everything on himself. There's a there's a whole lot of costs that go into go into stopping Joker and stopping Two Face. Yeah, and then even uh, Rachel dies in yeah. that in that movie. He loses the love, the love of his, his life. Yeah, and so Rachel's gone. He is now essentially a criminal. You right. Know, he's kind of because he has Commissioner Gordon put you know put all that on him. Yeah. Everything so he, that's happened on him. So he's kind of left to just kind of being banished almost from Gotham and you know kind of making himself the 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 enemy. And so there's a huge sense of loss there. And I think another one and man, I love this movie. I almost forgot to mention it, but X Two X Men United. The huge loss there is Jean Grey. You know they there's they're trying to get out of this of uh the this the dam that th- that's there in Canada right. is is cracked and it's it's slowly leaking water and then all of a sudden it breaks and then all this water is rushing in and rushing at the heroes and so they're trying to escape and the only way that everyone can escape is if Jean goes out if the, Jean doesn't yeah exactly is Jean goes out and she stops the water and so yeah she dies and then that the rest of that movie ends with them wrestling with that you see cyclops is affected by that we wolverine see wolverine is affected by that yeah and there's such a huge there oh my gosh there's such there's such great loss in that movie and so that's why i really really love that movie a lot so that i mean there's you need to have that sense of we need to have that sense of loss but um so i think that's the general breakdown i don't yeah, know if you, i think i i think that's a good that's a good coverage of kind of what makes a sequel 
and not necessarily what makes a good or a bad sequel, but what should be in a sequel to to continue the story effectively. A, gen- a general skeleton, at least. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, to be fair, last week we started with the good examples yeah. of origin stories, and so I think we should, you know, let's go with the flip side of that coin, and let's go with the bad examples of sequels. And so the first one I think of in particular is Iron Man 2. Iron Man 1, or Iron, rather just Iron Man, Yeah, it did a great job. It's established MCU. It was a lot of fun. It was, you know, we saw Tony Stark, you know, he he was developed very well. In the first movie, we see him, you know, see, he, he admits, I am Iron Man, something that in movies hadn't really been done yet. Yeah. As far as the, not having a secret identity and things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But with that one, it just... I, I don't know if it was too much of a setup movie or what. I think in particular, like when, I, like I mentioned earlier with Whiplash, where he was just, he was essentially a carbon copy of Ironmonger, except he had, you know, whips. Yeah. And I think one might make the argument that with that one, they added another Iron Man with War Machine. Yeah. I think everyone, I think any comic book guy, you know, any comic book fan understands like, no, Iron Man, excuse me, War Machine is its own Superhero is his own thing. Yeah. His own thing, but to the general audience, it's like, oh, they, he just made another Iron Man right. suit. And that one, and the, the, I'll be, I mean, I'll be honest, that War Machine, like it rocks. Like it, it looks really. It just, especially because it's like maybe because it's so bulky. Yeah. It just it looks it looks really bad. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. It's, like, and I mean that you know like. Not yeah. like it looks bad, but it looks like, like it be, looks like. Are you trying to be cool? Guys? I'm trying to be cool. Is it working? <laughs> yes, flawlessly. Is it, is it working? Is it working? Yes. I fumbled the ball as much as Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man too. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but so it just like with the big machine gun and everything. Yeah. It, it just looks. It looks really. The suit looks really cool, and it like, and I've. It just seems like you can't have a a character that looks cooler than the guy that's supposed to be or that looks cooler, his suit's cooler, whatever. Yeah. Compared to your main character, because mm-hmm. it takes away from like at that point, the war machine suit is stealing the spotlight of the, you know, I, the Iron Man. I, yeah. Suit. Iron Man. So, yeah, I think, so I think one might argue they went with a copy of the villain for that one. And then they just added another Iron Man suit in general. And which is something that audiences like our comic book guys at least wanted to see, like wanted to see War Machine. But yeah, but to maybe a general audience, they just oh, they just added more more characters. Uh, I think for me, uh, an example that I think of when it comes to bad sequels is Spider Man Three. Mm-hmm. Man, that first Spider Man um, with Tobey Maguire was really good. The second one was really really good. Yeah, I love I. The second one, kind of Doc Ock, is what's inspiring. I, for, this is something that that the listeners might be hearing for the first time. But yes. each each year, I do you know like kind of one cosplay that I you know I try to do for Halloween. Mm-hmm. And this year is Doc Ock, and yeah. I really I, I reason I like Doc Ock is because of Spider Man Two. Yeah, and so I think Spider Man Two was amazing as a sequel. I thought it was really good. They tackled the storyline of Spider Man No More of Peter Parker trying to walk away from having to be Spider-Man, and there's a lot of cost to that. And again, you have Doc Ock, who was, I, I feel like it was a, he was a really good villain. Mm-hmm. But then, so you're coming from that to Spider-Man 3, and you at first, on paper, you think, oh, sweet, they're going to do Venom. They're going to do the black suit. It's yeah, going to be great. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to do it. Yeah, not so much. 
And, you know, and then there's, of course, there's emo Spider-Man in that movie, unfortunately, where he dances and he, he has uh, his little jazz number. Don't forget. I know you try to forget, bro, but don't don't forget. The haircut. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's a lot of things wrong with that movie. Even, you know, Sandman, you know, again, another villain that they try to throw in there. Yeah. Green Goblin. And I think that, you know, that kind of goes back to, like we mentioned earlier, it can't just be can't just be quote unquote more explosions can't just be going bigger they're adding in that movie they're adding like let's get sandman in here and it seemed like maybe it was just because they didn't know if they were going to be able to do a number four and they're like we wanted to get these villains in there but we couldn't so let's just you know let's try and get them all in and like in particular with the venom storyline like venom i think he can and you know sony even planned on him having his own movie Mm -hmm. but it just like the development there of of Topher Eddie. Grace of Eddie Brock, yeah. you know, and, and Topher Grace's character is it's either too quick or his his motivation is just maybe it's not it's like, not there. Like I, he's 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 upset about a girl and a promotion at work. <laughs> like this so now I'm this, gonna so now I'm gonna kill Spider Man. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> That's a little tough. And I get that like the black suit got on him and you know enhance that but yeah he was already like even before he got the black suit on him he was he was out for blood he was really angry and one would say unnecessarily you know kind of a thing also with that movie i think where they dropped the ball if we're just going to talk about spider-man 3 why not is casting him as eddie brock Topher grace right i think so i think so i don't think that was the right guy for that movie and he he it just didn't work i thought he was almost too cheesy when i think eddie brock i think of the animated series the spider-man the animated series when it was a cartoon show i I think on on fox for fox kids for a while so it was like a saturday morning type cartoon um but that's the eddie brock i think about and he was big to begin with he was just a a bigger guy right than peter parker he was already more of a punk and i think Topher grace was more of a weasel he was almost like he was. A, he seemed he, like more of a like a schemer. Yeah, of. a schemer, and not so much of a bully slash, you know, that kind of kind of right. a character. And so, I think that I think the casting choice for as if you're going to be Venom, you kind of yeah. have to. I, be. I, I, and I think I think it would have been smart of them to plant those seeds. Maybe introduce us to Eddie Brock in Spider Man Two. Yeah, yeah. Because and. Like I don't want this to be an episode where we're just saying, <laughs> it's what a, like it's what, right, bro? Let me hear what you think. What if, Cody, what do you think? The way they should have done it, <laughs> but uh, I think that because we didn't like, you know, not trying to like you know go back and say this is why we're right, but if at the end of Spider Man Two, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's decided he's going to say Spider Man, Doc Ock has died, mm-hmm. but it seems like everything's kind of going well for Spider Man again. Yeah, he if got. I'm not mistaken. He got the girl. He got the girl because at the end of the first one, he walked away from the girl. At the end right. of the first one, he walked away from, from from MJ. MJ. At the end of the second one, she leaves the wedding. Remember, she at the end of the second one, she runs away, right. and then she goes to his apartment in her wedding dress, and then they kiss, and then she, and then he hears like a fire truck or police car, and then she and he, says, "Go get him, Tiger," and then he puts on the suit and he goes, and he goes, and that's and pretty so, much it. I think it would have made, just with the nature of the black suit, it would have made sense to have Spider-Man 2 end with Peter kind of in a dark place. And then, you know, Spider-Man 3 picks up. He's in a dark, he was in a dark place the last time you saw him. 
And so now he's like he's still in that dark place and he's yeah putting on this he's getting this black suit and kind of just maybe we jump right in like he's just in the black suit. I don't know. Yeah. But <clears throat> anyways, anyways, <laughs> enough hypothesizing about what could have been. Okay. But because Marvel's got Spider-Man so it's it's not going to suck, but are there any other examples of uh of bad sequels that I, you have I, in mind? I already mentioned it but Batman and Robin, you know, that's an, uh, I mean, I was tough. Uh, Mr. Freeze was tough. Poison Ivy, not really feeling it. All, all those <laughs> There's stuff. a side note. There's a really good video on YouTube where somebody did Mr. Freeze singing Let It Go. That's incredible. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's incredible. And it's yeah. cut with, mo- with clips from that movie. Yeah, so, that might be better than the movie. That, yeah. that, that video. It might be better than Frozen. <laughs> <laughs> careful, careful. Shots. No. Uh, so, yeah, I think for me, Batman and Robin is another one. Uh, how about you, man? I think, and this, I'm sorry, but bringing up Toy Story again. Maybe, I know, but quickly. Toy Story, Toy Story 2 is one of those sequels that I think, like Toy Story 1, it was great. You know, mm. it's that kind of was another one of the defining movies of my childhood. And I think that, like, just that franchise, it's so important to, like, you know, guys, like people that are our age. Yeah. Because we grew up, like, to, to us, those toys weren't just... Like they weren't Andy's. Well, they were. They they, they were. They, they weren't were. Andy on screen's toys. They were our toys. <laughs> they were, they were Cody's. Cody's toys. They were Andy's toys. <laughs> they were Oscar's toys. Yeah, they, they were, were Mel's toys. Yeah, and they so, were. <clears throat> there there so was a connection there. There's there's a connection that is established, you know, and I think that's why that's why we're ready to cry talking about Toy Story three. But in that in Toy Story two, it questions the loyalty of the main character. You know, we see of Woody, yeah. of Woody. We see Woody kind of like he's like, I need to put Andy behind me, and I need to just go be this, you know, go be in a museum. Yeah, and I don't know that that's like, I maybe it's maybe like because with Woody being kind of the quote unquote antagonist in Toy Story one, I don't know. It just seemed like seemed like him having that issue or like moving. Like, yeah, you don't want, you don't want to question. You know, like at any point in a Batman movie, we're never going to be like, "Wait a minute, is Batman really good?" Yeah, and I, I think you're. I think you have to. If you do want to approach that, you have to walk that line. Very you have to be care- very intentional. Yeah, with very it. and very carefully too. So I don't know how you uh, do that successfully, but with Toy Story three, I when I think, excuse me, with Toy Story two, when I think about it, it's in my opinion, it's the weaker one in the trilogy. I don't know if it's the worst sequels. There are worse sequels out there, but. I, sure. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a good sequel. I will say that it's not bad, but I don't think it's a good sequel. So, I would. Uh, I would agree with you on that. And obviously, another example of a bad one. We don't need to go on. But amazing, amazing Spider-Man two. two. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and just move on. Let's get talk about the good examples. <laughs> I feel like this is like this isn't just gonna be amazing. What's wrong with Amazing Spider-Man two? <laughs> no, yeah, on every episode. We so. gotta let it go. Bro. Let it go. Let it go. Can't hold us back anymore, Andy. Exactly. Good, good examples of. Trilogies or sequels, Andy. I know there's one that you particularly like. Yeah, for me, when I think about trilogies or sequels in general, the one that is, and this is, I might get some flack for this, but my favorite trilogy and the one that is closest to my heart is the Dark Knight trilogy. Are you kidding me? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, I know there are some obvious trilogies that people are, are in love with. 
And we'll, you know, it could be Indiana Jones. It could be Star. One, well, the original Star Wars. Or, yeah. or I guess you could be a fan of the the, the, the prequels, the, but the prequels. Uh, it, you know, people love Star Wars. People love Back to the Future. Um, but for me personally, my favorite trilogy is The Dark Knight. And I think part of that is because I grew up watching the Batman cartoon series. So mm-hmm. I think I grew up watching this character and then falling in love with that world and falling in love with comic books. And so then when they did Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises, and they, oh my gosh, those movies were amazing. And so for me, that... Because of the character, I just love those movies. I love no, Christian Bale. The, I definitely agree that that was a great. It was a great set. Like I was talking to a friend recently that hasn't seen them, and I was like, even if you're not a fan of superheroes or you know anything like that, you, like those are just good movies. It's weird with that with those movies, and I I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this just because it's. I'm not trying to talk about it because it's a dark night, but with those movies, what's weird about about those movies is that. They don't feel like superhero movies. Right. I don't. I don't know how Christopher Nolan did it. I. I just don't know. But he, when I watch those movies, I'm not. I feel like I'm watching a, a drama. I feel like I'm watching mm-hmm. a some kind of mystery, you it's, know, detective type movie. Yeah. It's not like like compared to Avengers, where you know, like it's it's going to be really cool, and you just kind of put your fanboy helmet on and just yeah. get really excited with it. Yeah. But with this one, it's like. It's a deep story with yeah, characters. It's like a police, like, you know, police drama kind of. Yeah, it's really odd. I don't know how he did it, but... So I, I just love, love, love the Dark Knight um, trilogy. So I think, that's a, I think that's a good example of a sequel. How about you, Cody? I, I mentioned it earlier in this episode, but Back to the Future in particular are, are my... I think is my personal, my favorite trilogy. Uh, just because I think in each one of those episodes or each one of those movies... They're planting, you know, planting seeds for the next one. They do a great job in those movies of explaining the whole time travel thing. I think that, and that can get complicated. Uh, that's you, why I don't do time travel movies. Because, once you start, yeah. Once you start playing around with that, it can get t- it can get complicated. Cough, cough. That's why I don't like Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, once you start playing around with that, you start having issues. Things can get off the rails pretty quickly. But I think with those ones, they do a great job explaining it. I think they. The way they hand it off to the next movie each time is great. I think there's, it's just really like they're just fun to watch seeing Marty and Doc's relationship, and you see them grow. And like, there's a particular point in the third one that I love where they're I can't even remember what they're talking about now, but there's a point where they're thinking about something or discussing something, and Marty says, "Great Scott," which is what Doc Doc had been saying, you know, throughout the movies. So Marty says, "Great Scott." And then Doc says, I know this is heavy. So seeing them like, <laughs> yeah. just like, you know, just like I, I kind of picked up saying scared money don't make money mm-hmm. from Andy. Yeah. You you see them start to pick those things up from each other, which I, I think is just a good, it's a good movie or a good series about friendship, yeah. you know, in, in that. And so are there any other good examples that you think of in particular? Uh, of sequels? Not just, just trilogies, but necessarily, but, you know, of sequels. I think, I think one that, and this again, this kind of falls into a trilogy, but obviously you kind of have to talk about Star Wars. You know that obviously there's so much to say. Got to give that. the people what they want. Yeah, right? Star Wars is great. There's so many, there's so many good things about it. We kind of talked about it already though, but um, amazing, not amazing. The Spider-Man Two with Doc Ock. You know that's a that's a really really good sequel. Um, 
X2, you know, X-Men United, really, really good sequel. The, the fact that they open up that movie with the Nightcrawler scene attacking the president oh, and the special effects to that. Oh, it was, yeah, it was, it was absolutely gorgeous. So, uh, I love, I love X2. So that's another good one. Cody, I know for you, you love, you love HP, man. I love me some Harry Potter. Yeah. And I, I feel like that hasn't gotten, I mean, you may have picked up on that listening. I feel like that hasn't gotten communicated as much. I read the books as a kid, you know, growing up. And so I was always a huge fan of the movies and I, I really enjoyed them. The good, the good sequel, I think, in particular, is going from Deathly Hollows Part One to Deathly Hollows Part Two. Uh, and spoiler alert, yeah. So if you're, you know, skip a minute if you don't want to have a spoiler alert for Harry <laughs> Potter Seven Part One. But at the end of that movie, Dobby's dies. Yeah. And we see, you know, it seems like Team Potter is like they're, you know, they're on a losing front. Mm-hmm. And. You know that that definitely like that hits hits hard emotionally for uh, for Harry and for you know Team Potter. Uh, that also hits hard for the viewer because we've we've seen Dobby like we know Dobby, we love Dobby. That the sacrifice that he makes is huge, and so seeing that handed off and you know like the way and I particularly with Seven or Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part One, that movie really kind of is just it seems like they're setting up part two but it doesn't feel like it doesn't just feel like a setup movie they're they're really good about making that all the stuff that's happening important and not just seeing seeming like oh this like we're doing this because it's gonna because it's gonna affect the next one we're doing this because it's gonna affect the next one which i think is huge they're really intentional about setting up the horcruxes and explaining what the horcruxes are and how they work in that movie, and so I think, and I think that you know that there's definitely needed to be more time to explain that, and because there's a whole lot of like that's a really complicated kind of subject that they hadn't touched on yet. So yeah, I really love that. I really love those Harry Potter, particularly like seven, one, and two. And I was kind of like, this is dumb. It shouldn't be two movies, <laughs> but I'm glad they did. That was the right call. And honestly, that's a huge. And this is kind of weird to say, but it's a trail like that's a trailblazer move. Now we're seeing all now these. That, yeah, every every final movie is getting split into two, so that way this is the path <laughs> that they started us but on. But you know what? Credit to them though, because there was a lot of details and a lot of small things from the book that they wanted to make sure they got on the film. And I'm not even a Harry Potter fan. <clears throat> I don't even I haven't read any of the books except for the first one. I've only read the first one, but I've seen all the movies. But I know that seven part one and seven part two, man, they those are just good movies just in general so um so yeah man that i know i i knew that you would really enjoy those movies and really obviously talk about that uh, about those movies here i also think of a good sequel uh winter soldier yeah i was just about i to, don't some i was reason, just about like, to say that kind of you know show our hand we kind of have like notes a little bit of what we're going to talk about just some bones i don't know how on I, an episode <laughs> about sequels Captain America Winter Soldier didn't make I, it on. I was just about what's, what's wrong with us, Andy? Should we even be doing this? Where's Do we Je- need to get Jedediah Flood? Where is he when we need him? <laughs> Jedediah would have, he totally would have brought it up. But yes, you're right. You, you and me finally clicked. And yes, Captain America Winter Soldier oh my was an amazing sequel. And they did everything 
I, all the good things that is in a sequel, I would say they hit on. You know. Oh, you, I agree. The villain of a new. A new take on the, you know, attacking the and protagonist I, in a different way. It's I, there. Yeah, I think with him in particular, like he's different from Red Skull. He I, he's very much still kind of a military kind of, you know, yeah, kind of figure. But the 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 cool thing with the Winter Soldier is that particular that shot where after Winter Soldier shoots Nick mm-hmm. or shoots, you know, Nick Fury, yeah, and Captain America's chasing him, and Captain America's kind of struggling keeping up. When Captain America is supposed to be, he's supposed to be a super soldier. He's mm-hmm. having a, having issues keeping up, and then he throws the shield at Winter Soldier, and Winter Soldier just catches it. Yes, like he, he does, and it, he doesn't flinch. He just like he just catches the shield just like that, and just kind of throws it down. It's it's it, incredible. It, like he's it seems like he is very evenly matched mm-hmm. in that moment, which yeah. is which is really cool. Yeah, that's that's a really good movie, and he, even then, somehow. But the Winter Soldier, you would argue that he isn't—he isn't the main villain. In that he movie. really isn't. He's so, just kind of the uh, weapon. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because you don't feel cheated. It's not like you feel like they did him wrong. Because I think they did the Winter Soldier as a character amazingly, like, yeah, as best as you could, as good as you could have done it. But that's not even the main villain. The main villain in that movie somehow is Hydra. Yeah. And <laughs> so it is kind of a. Copy as an of the, organization. Yeah, it's kind of a copy of the first of the first villain, but more of a hey, it, big brother kind of a thing. Like yeah. it, we, you can maybe you can kill one of us, but there's you chop one head, head. Head's gonna come. Yeah, it's, 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 it's it seems like it's Hydra is a problem that is just never gonna go away. Yeah, and it is always gonna come back in a different way. And the way they've been, you know, they've been planted in Shield this whole like this whole time is. Pretty much, it seems like since Captain America defeated them the first time, they've kind of been planning and scheming this whole thing. And yeah. to have like to have that revealed was like it was it was, it was kind of mind blowing. And the action was great. The in action, the fight scenes were incredible. The coordinations mm-hmm. of the fights were awesome. I love and I love I love this movie so much. I love the Winter Soldier when he whenever he's on screen, they played this creepy. Like string score to him, that's almost mm-hmm. like a scary movie. Because another thing going for that movie is who is the Winter Soldier? Right. You don't know unless you read the comics. Comic book people, you know, yeah, yeah they knew. knew. But I, I know people that don't know, you know, don't have that knowledge. And when they, when it was real, that it was who, it, who it was, who it yeah. was, I'm, yeah. It was kind of like they, they freaked out. You know? <laughs> yeah, I went with. I remember watching that movie with my buddy. Tim and he didn't know and I didn't want to spoil it and I'm actually I remember watching that movie with with Brittany and yeah she knew she had some speculation on who it was and and but then when the reveal happened Brittany to my left was like I thought I thought it was that I thought it was him and like she was excited that she kind of figured it out a little bit but then Tim to my right was like no freaking way like are you serious kind of like so he was totally caught off guard so they did it so well. So yeah, so Winter Soldier, great, great, great sequel. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't know. While we're talking what, about what you, Phase Two movies, what are you waiting for? Let's let's give some let's give some love to Iron Man Three. Yes, because that is a pretty good. That's pretty good for a sequel. I think. I think what I love about that one is there's so which I know people kind of don't like it for this reason, or I've talked to people that don't like it for this reason, but there's so much of Tony out of the suit. Yeah, because and I think that is a logical step for. For that, for an Iron Man movie, because in Iron Man one, we see him making the suit. In Iron Man two, we see he's got the suit. It's kind of been killing him, 
Yeah. You know, but he he ultimately overcomes that with the help of his father from the past. Yeah. But then he's, you know, coming off of the Avengers, he's wrestling with the with the, you know, his place in the universe now. Not even not just the world anymore. He's realizing that he's like there's not he's not a super soldier. He's not worthy enough to he's not worthy to lift a, a magical hammer. Yeah. And he's, you know, is is it the man that makes the suit or the suit that makes the man? Because it seems like, you know, at least for a little while there, anybody could just put on the Iron Man suit and be Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And in that, you see, in Iron Man 3, you see that he is very effective without the Iron Man suit, just being, like, just getting some stuff together from a from a hardware store. Because the cool thing about Iron Man 3 is that it goes back to the core of Tony Stark, and he's an, he's an inventor. Yeah, he's and a they, mechanic. He's a mechanic. Is what they, you yeah. know, they call him in the movie. And so at the very core of that character, that's, that's who's, who's there. This mechanic, similar to Batman, at the core of Batman, he's a detective. Right. He's not, you know, he's not a super soldier. He doesn't... Yeah, he can fight crime. Yeah. But ultimately, he's he, the world's greatest detective. Exactly, and so, um, so yeah, Iron Man three is great. I really do love that movie a lot. I love there are a lot of good things about that movie, even with the villain. I liked with that one, which I, I know with like with the, like there's the Mandarin stuff, in particular with the extremists. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was you know that was a good step. It wasn't like they weren't in suits, no, mm-hmm. and they were they were able to you know melt metal with their bodies, yeah, you know, and they they like they're able to go toe to toe with Iron Man, but their powers are still very unique and very different from anything that he's encountered before. Yeah, so yeah, Iron Man three was really good as a, as a sequel. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, there's so many good. I, I I think we're getting to a point now where they where these movie studios are are finally realizing, hey. If you're gonna make a sequel, if you're gonna make a part three or part four, part five, whatever it may be, hey, make it good. You right. know, don't make it a same the same one as before. And you I know. would argue that ever since the Dark Knight, I I kind of in my in my head I view comic book movies or maybe comic book sequels as pre Dark Knight and <laughs> and post. <laughs> pre dark knight and post dark knight yes and because i think dark knight it raised the bar permanently yeah it you know it, it said yes these movies like superhero movies geeky movies like this there is a standard yeah that they need to have they can be taken seriously in the in the film world mm-hmm. you know they can go up to like a dark knight can go toe to toe with any other you know any other drama crime drama yeah. just like you know yeah, and I, and I think to that point too. I mean, the Dark Knight thing about it. I mean, Heath Ledger won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor yeah. for the, for his role as the Joker. And you know, again, I don't, I don't think he got that award. I don't think they gave him that award because he passed away. Right. I don't. I don't I, think so at all. Yeah, he, I don't think so. I think he got that award. He would have gotten that award be, whether he he was alive or not. Yeah. Cause he, he earned it. Cause he earned it because of the performance that he did in that movie. Yeah. He, he earned it. So again, yeah. Pre before dark Knight, after dark Knight, you know, everything, mm-hmm. everything changed at that point. And so, yeah, man, I, I think movie studios are finally realizing that we don't want a copy of the first one. We don't want the same stunts or whatever. Yeah. It can't just be a rehash. Yeah. Give us, give us something, something more, give us something unique. And I think they finally have realized, okay, let's let's give the proper attention and focus to these movies as, as they deserve. So that's our episode on heroes and sequels. I think, again, 
there's things that we missed. I know yeah. there. I know there let are. Let us things. let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you disagree? Agree with some of our points? Let us know. You know, by t- hit us up on Twitter. Hit yeah. us up on Instagram. Uh, you can do that on at heroes underscore and let us know your thoughts. Uh, you can also like us on Facebook or write on our Facebook wall at facebook.com slash heroes and, or you can, you know, send a strongly worded email to <laughs> yeah. heroes and podcast at gmail.com. And just, and just putting it out there, Cody, I, I would love to just kind of hear your favorite sequels or your favorite trilogies. Yeah. So as you're listening to this, please hit us up on Twitter. Yeah. It's such an easy thing just to hit us up. Hey, I love this trilogy. I love this sequel. This, you know, for this reason, blah, blah, blah. Obviously. Right. 140 characters or less. 100, yeah. But, well, minus the at heroes underscore. So you're looking at 130 characters. So. <laughs> Sorry but, about that. <laughs> yeah. So, because I, and I, I don't know that we say this enough, but I think it's, we really want this to not just be a conversation between me and Andy, between Andy and I. Sorry, grammar Nazis out there. Uh, yes. Hail Hydra. But <laughs> we, we don't want this to just be a conversation between Andy and I. We really want it to be a conversation between Andy and I and all you guys that are listening. So please. Feel free, you know, do that as much as as much as you can, as much as, you know, if you have opinions on things, thoughts on things, questions, you know, feel free to hit us up with those. But I think that's it for Heroes and Sequels. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our episodes. Uh, until next time, I'm Cody. And I'm Andy. And, and we're, we're out. out.